0: In the fast-paced world of city life, we need to take a pause to address something head-on. Loneliness has been declared today's most pressing health epidemic. Despite us being able to talk about many previously taboo subjects, the topic of loneliness seems to still carry a lot of stigma and shame. But here's where things can change. Welcome to City Girls Who Talk, where we have conversations on how to survive better in the city. Today's guest is Sandy. Sandy,
1: welcome. Hi, Miriam, thank you for having me. You're welcome, it's a pleasure. Tell me a little bit about what you do. So, my background's in social work and counseling, and now I I would say I identify myself as a self-love and personal development coach. About 5 years ago, I really started to shift the way I started living my life, and I realized that what I wanted so deeply was my own self-love rather than the validation of others. Mm-hmm. So, I stepped away from social work and focused on the coaching industry and I really believe that, you know, we are here to teach others and give in the world what we need most for ourselves. And for me, that was Mm self-love. And that's what I help women from around the world do as well. What does lack of
0: self-love look like in the real world? Ooh, girl. (laughs) I mean, you know, it is the catchphrase of, I mean, right now, I think a lot of people really are focusing on their ability to love themselves and accept themselves as a way to set themselves up for success in all their relationships. So Mm. how has it not worked for us?
1: Yeah. So when we say lack of self-love, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is when we self-abandon ourselves and what that looks like is ignoring our own needs and putting everybody else's needs ahead of ours. But the, the bigger theme is it's a it's a way of disconnection. I've seen so many women over the years and that's really why I also wanted to move into coaching is when I was working in social work. I worked in child protection services, in the hospital, family therapy, and the one common theme I noticed and it didn't matter the level of education women had or all the different achievements and accolades, it was a disconnection that they had with themselves. And when we are living a life from a space of disconnection, like if you look at, you know, my arms right now here, This is the foundation of who we are. But for so many women, it's cracked. Mm -hmm. And when we are living a life out of disconnection, we're on autopilot, we're mundane, and we really don't even know who we are. So we may end up in relationships that are very unhealthy, um, or stay in relationships too long, whether it's romantic or friendships, careers that we're unsatisfied with. But yet, I think that there is this Really deep, restless feeling within that women all have, and it's this inner knowing that there's something more out there for me. And what self love allows us to do is rather than go outside of ourselves, it allows us to go within. And I really believe that when we can love ourselves better, we love others better, and we are more in service to the world.
0: Definitely, I think the self love paradigm is is so closely related to our perspective on our, on the world around us and our life. When you love who you are and you believe in that love and your ability to love, um, I think you have a better, more positive outlook on, on life. So it really affects that mind frame. You talk a lot about good girl conditioning. Mm -hmm. What is good girl conditioning? I mean, for me, I think one of my New Year's resolutions in 2024 is to overcome good girl conditioning because that looks a little different for every woman what are the typical characteristics of good girls?
1: Mm. So I love talking and exploring the good girl conditioning because I think that it is so deeply embedded in every single woman and when I think back to even my childhood that's exactly what was mirrored to me good girl conditioning and like that The self-love component really go hand in hand. So growing up, the word I heard often was be a good girl, be a nice girl. Mm -hmm. And although what that meant wasn't explicit, it was implicitly everywhere. And all I had to do was look at my mother, my aunts, my grandmothers around me. And it was, again, going back to just not being heard, not really being seen and putting everybody's needs ahead of yours. Mm -hmm. And it's a conditioning that will manifest in every area of your life because you have been implicitly told that your worth and your value is based on what you do for others versus who you are.
0: I'll take it a little further. I think it's like what you do, but it's so tied to how you make others feel you're just doing so that others are happy. Others feel good. Others feel loved. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the premise of
1: being uh, a good girl. Absolutely. And, um, we see it again, it's the people pleasing, right? So self abandonment is when we are people pleasers and people pleasing starts at such a young age. And we start to learn that, Hey, if I do X, Y, and Z then I'm going to receive this type of validation. If I'm a good girl, if I help doing this, then I receive compliments. Mm -hmm. I receive praise. And what child doesn't want that? Mm -hmm. But what happens is as we get older, that good girl conditioning, we start to move through that lens and see the world through that lens unconsciously. Mm -hmm. So not having those boundaries, not really knowing who you are on the inside, I've seen so many women fall into that. Uh, You know, I'm South Asian and a lot of my clients are South Asian and they often come to me in their, you know, 40s, 50s. And they're like, I did everything the way I was supposed to do it. I did Mm -hmm. it all right. I was such a good girl. I'm unhappy. I'm in a relationship that has never felt fulfilling that I didn't even want, but I thought I was supposed to have.
0: Such a profound moment, you know, like you, you can be 40, 50. 30, whatever age, but to come to that realization. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel like they should have done something about it sooner. And we all have to grapple with regret. Mm -hmm. Um, One idea I was thinking about is that what is the opposite of being a good girl? Because I don't think if we talk about the bad girl (laughs) i just don't think that's the opposite right like Mm -hmm. there's got to be some sort of middle ground and
1: uh, yeah what does that look like oh absolutely it's not not being a bad girl that's not what it means i think it's being able to explore within is where did this conditioning stem from and again i think maybe in childhood it served us But eventually it doesn't anymore. And that's where that restlessness within us. And we start to question the choices that we've made because we realize the choices I've made had nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. It was just for the appeasement of other people. So when I really started to explore this, even for myself, it was maybe about five, six years ago, I had ended my engagement. And I moved to Bali and, you know, did the whole eat, pray, love thing. I and love it. <laughs> Everyone should do that at one point in their life. <laughs> I agree. But, but it was like a very pivotal time in my life where I'm like, whoa, how much of the values I think I have are mine. Mm-hmm. And I realized so much of the way I was living had nothing to do with me. So the unraveling was a really, really big component of the deconditioning mm-hmm. and trying to have more awareness to Why? And then it's connecting with the deeper purpose of like, for me, it was, okay, I really, really value travel. I really value like a deep love. What would that look like for me? And I had to become that story, the Mm -hmm. best love story for myself. And so many women are waking up to this so many women and it's profound. And I, I see the good girl conditioning, the deconditioning of it as like a reclamation yep. of our voices, of who we are, of really owning the power that we carry. It's a long time coming. And it's coming. So it's not about being a bad girl. It's about a reclamation. It's a and, truth. And untying our identities to to those social constructs. Yeah. impositions really. Identity. Yeah. That is... So huge, because again, when we realize that our identities, like the good girl conditioning, were so deeply interwoven, it's a lot of sitting in discomfort. Mm-hmm. And like you, you had mentioned regret, and it's about loving and accepting the parts of ourselves that we have been conditioned to reject or repress within us. And what happens is all that is mixed in with shame and that Mm -hmm. when we don't let it move through us and outside of us, it sits within us and it permeates into deeper, deeper internalized shame. Wow. That really speaks to me. But,
0: um, so how do you begin? Like, I mean, the purpose of this podcast is really to give people an idea or some starting point on how to make it
1: better. So how do you begin deconstructing your own conditioning? Mm. So there's one practice I love to use with women in the very, very beginning, because we all want the how. And what I want to say is, this is a journey. There is no, no quick fixes. It is a lifetime of unraveling. Um, So the first thing I would say is take your finger. You can do it with me here. Everybody watching (laughs) and point it back at yourself and say, I am responsible for my life. I am responsible for my life. One more time. Everybody together. Okay.
0: I I am am responsible responsible for for my my life. life. I am responsible for my life. How does that feel? That feels very, very calming. Mm. It's
1: strong. Why do you think that? I need to like practice that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and do you like, I feel, I think it's like hearing it externally outside of your own head is what kind of makes it seem more real, right? You accept it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, because we take our power back. Yeah. And we realize nobody's coming to save us. Nope. It's It's, it's just me. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me. <laughs> so that is where I would say you start. Yeah. Is owning that you are responsible for your life. And we cannot change the past, whether it's 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. But right now, we can take that first step. And that is what the reclamation of deconditioning and unraveling the good girl is. Amazing. How do people get in touch with you? Well, I hang out on Instagram. Do you? Quite a bit. do (laughs) I? I think where most women hang out is on Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram is a great way to find me. I share a lot of tidbits through writing and um, storytelling. And a lot of my clients' journeys I share on there as well and i have a website as well so instagram is at she underscore rights underscore her story amazing and we'll put that
0: up for our audience uh i mean you can talk for hours and i'm definitely going <laughs> to have you back to talk about the cultural lens on this good girl conditioning mm-hmm. which i think is a is a longer conversation um but thank you for coming sandy it's been great to have
1: you in studio
0: thank you so much this was a- and so how was it again what are we what are we gonna do every day
1: You can take your finger point it back and even look in the mirror when you do this to build that connection with yourself and say i am responsible for my life i am responsible for my life there you go Mm. start doing that every day
0: thank you for coming thank you thank you for tuning in to city girls who talk walk with us as we embark on our mission to make the city a little less lonely and empower women to live and feel better one episode at a time.